and welcome to another installment of Living in the Sprawl, Southern California's most adventurous podcast. I am, as always, your humble host and correspondent. My name is John Steinberg, and I am joined in tandem by my lovely and infinitely talented producer, slash my wife. Her name is Lisa Steinberg. We are the team here at Sprawl Enterprises, ready to bring you yet another exciting foray into the vast, expansive terrain that we have lovingly dubbed The Sprawl. On today's show, we hit the books. We get a bit uh, learned on the program. Today, we're taking a look at the 10 must-read mystery novels that are set within the glorious bounds of the Southern California Sprawl. When I was a kid, I first picked up a copy of LA Confidential. I was about seven. And, um, well, let's just uh, go ahead and say that I was hooked. The mystery at the center of the novel, the juicy, tawdry elements surrounding the action, the seemingly endless array of supporting characters with motivations that were sometimes abundantly clear and sometimes not clear at all, In short, I became an early adopter of all things mystery. Over time, Agatha Christie, Dashiell Hammett, James M. Cain, Patricia Highsmith, and their other noted literary brethren ensnared me with tales ranging from private investigators seeking the identity of dastardly culprits behind a series of landmark crimes, Or it could be the disappearance of an heir shrouded in a mysterious, undeterminable haze that certain authors just happen to calculate exactly right. Los Angeles and Southern California, more broadly speaking, are one of the greatest locales for mysteries in the modern era. The never-ending stream of hills, mountains, canyons, reservoirs, hidden mansions, hillside estates, beaches, desert, mountains, snow, sun, everything. All of the possibilities exist within the sprawl. And lucky for us, as we'll come to understand, this area has been and will continue to be a fertile breeding ground for all things mystery. So, let's take a look this week at the 10 must-read mystery novels set within the bounds of the Southern California Sprawl. And number 10, In a Lonely Place, by the famed poet Dorothy B. Hughes. Now, those of you unfamiliar with the novel might have heard of the quintessential 1950 film noir adaptation that starred one Humphrey Bogart and Gloria Graham. Dorothy B. Hughes was not a lifelong SoCal resident. She bided her adult time in New Mexico, Missouri, did a spell in New York, and did enjoy a brief period out in La La Land. And it's in this wicked novel that Miss Hughes crafts a wonderfully engaging narrative centered around the exploits of Dixon Steele. He's a serial killer, question mark? 
He's trying to help track down a serial killer, period. There are a plethora of twists and turns in this unsettling page-turner. And the way in which post-World War II Los Angeles is depicted reminds those of us living in current-day L.A. that the city once really was a place where you could zip around from Manhattan Beach to Alhambra, back to Hollywood, and over the hill to Tarzana. Not so much today, but that's okay because we get to celebrate the legacy of this wonderful place in pieces of literature like the all-time great mystery novel In a Lonely Place by Miss Dorothy B. Hughes. And number nine, Inherent Vice by noted literary recluse Thomas Pynchon. Now, Pynchon, along with figures like Don DeLillo, Laurie Moore, Paul Auster, and a host of others, have come to define postmodern literature in the 20th century. Inherent Vice, if we're talking about Pynchon's bibliography, is one of the more accessible works that he ever put out to the public. Here, we're transported back to a greasy time in Los Angeles history. We're introduced to Doc Spilotro, a pot-smoking private eye tasked with tracking down a mega-wealthy industrialist who's gone missing. Enter some shady characters, a bizarre police detective, multiple damsels in distress, and you've got yourself the makings of a classic mystery novel. For those of you that haven't sat with one of Mr. Pynchon's books, I dare you to read Gravity's Rainbow, the all-time example of a book that universally has elicited the response, I got through it when people complete the story. Here, it's a low-down, in-the-mud, reckless version of the City of Angels, albeit contrasted with the ever-flowing sunshine matriculating in the air. Thomas Pynchon never intended for the work to be turned into a film, but that's exactly what happened when Living in the Sprawl, favored son Paul Thomas Anderson, adapted this book for the big screen some years back. Joaquin Phoenix portrays Doc Spilotro in the movie. Josh Brolin's involved. Reese Witherspoon. Owen Wilson. A cast of cinematic luminaries. But go back and read this engrossing novel that'll transport you back to a time when people showered far less, wore significantly more hair product, and everyone seemed to have a nefarious side hustle. At number eight, IQ by Joe Ide. A more recent entry on our list, this 2016 Edgar Award finalist demonstrates that be it in the 1940s, the 1970s, or in the present day, the City of Angels has the market cornered on Mysterious. Here, the action takes place largely in the South Los Angeles portion of the city. 
where amateur sleuth Isaiah Quintaba attempts to piece together some truly horrific events. Now, we get some action concerning the music industry, some downright nasty rappers are in the mix, and all the action is neatly juxtaposed with the stark reality imposed by the socioeconomic reality of the southern part of the city. This is far removed from the hilltop mansions that dot the roads hovering over Hollywood. It's a gritty, blue-collar landscape that is heavily divorced from the more glamorous side of Los Angeles. Joe Ide, or Ide, who was raised in South Los Angeles, draws upon his own set of experiences growing up in the area, tapping into his Japanese-American background, and using all the tools at his disposal to craft a truly memorable work of fiction. It's IQ by Joe Ide. And number seven, Damage Control by Denise Hamilton. Again, on the newer side of things, the book concerns a dead girl, a corrupt politician, a series of wrongdoing folks up to no good in West Los Angeles. The way in which Hamilton draws upon the city's unique character to flesh out the narrative is truly impressive. Our main protagonist here comes to her unique set of circumstances, slightly jaded, but still clear-eyed enough to be able to see a situation for what it is. The writing here is terrific. Miss Hamilton, also a Southern California native, has curated some excellent mystery-oriented anthologies in the last 20 years or so. So it's no surprise that her own work would be this superb. At number seven, we highly recommend that you dive into the proverbial swamp with damage control. At number six, California Girl by T. Jefferson Parker. Now, right off the bat, the first thing that I was struck by was the fact that this author has a first initial that doesn't actually stand for anything. The T is merely a T, and his mother thought that by listing T. Jefferson, it would make him appear more regal and estimable in the eyes of others. Kind of reminds me of The World According to Garp, where T.S. Garp really stands for nothing. In any event, Mr. Parker has set his relatively modern story within the confines of Orange County. Here we get some of the seedier characters breathing in the oceanside air in places like Laguna Beach and Newport Beach. The narrative is tight, the details leap off the page, and one cannot help but continue turning pages once they've really gotten started. Mr. Parker has long been renowned as a maestro in the mystery field, 
penning a host of successful mystery novels that all pretty much derive their essence by looking in to the tawdrier side of the OC. At number six, it's California Girl by T, which doesn't stand for anything, Jefferson Parker. At number five, The Black Dahlia by James Elroy. I alluded to the work of Mr. Elroy at the outset of the podcast, and indeed, you may be reasonably wondering, well, then why isn't it higher on the list? Well, I didn't want to put LA Confidential on there. See, I never like repeating stuff on the podcast. And for longtime listeners, you may recall an episode early on where we discussed some of our favorite authors that draw from the sprawl as a character. James Elroy was discussed at that point. And though The Black Dahlia is not on the same level as LA Confidential, it is pretty close. This is actually one in a series of four, the others being LA Confidential, The Big Nowhere, and White Jazz, in Mr. Elroy's much-ballyhooed Los Angeles Quartet series. Corrupt police, fast women, a little bit of old-time boxing and some historical revision make this an unforgettable novel. Now, of course, The Black Dahlia, which for those that don't know, is the unsolved 1947 murder of Elizabeth Short, and then the subsequent arrangement of the body in a grotesque, gruesome manner in Lemur Park, has, as I mentioned, never actually been solved. But Mr. Elroy provides his analysis on the case and indeed comes up with a potential culprit behind the disturbing murder. This one was also turned into a film. Brian De Palma, one of my favorite directors, Josh Hartnett, Aaron Eckhart, Scarlett Johansson. Unfortunately, the film is not that great, but the book really is. And for those of you like the team here at Sprawl Enterprises that are interested in all things true crime. This is a wonderful must-read novel that does its darndest to create a reasonable solution to the unsolved murder of Elizabeth Short, more commonly known as the Black Dahlia. At number four, The Black Echo by Michael Connolly. This is the first in the Hieronymus Bosch series, written long before Mr. Connolly would enjoy fame the world over and a much-deserved reputation as one of the real lions of crime fiction. In this novel, we learn a great deal about the tunnels hiding beneath the city and all of the skullduggery that could potentially go on underneath the pavement. The success of this book prompted Connolly to continue on his Hieronymus Bosch series, and as of this recording, he's been writing Bosch stories for going on 30 years now. The team here at Sprawl Enterprises actually got to attend a recent Michael Connolly interview in person, We got a book signed, had a nice moment with the man, and it was important that we did that because 
if we're talking about active mystery writers, there are basically none that are as decorated as Michael Connelly. The Bosch series is coming close to rivaling the output of other folks that we haven't talked about yet on this podcast. And it all started within the pages of The Black Echo. So for those of you that adore the Amazon show by all the Harry Bosch books, it may have been easy to have skipped this first installment in the series, but we assure you it is definitely worth your time. The Black Echo from Michael Connolly. At number three, The Moving Target by Ross McDonald. This is the first in the Lou Archer series. By the end of it, there would be 18 books in the series, multiple film adaptations, and the justification for a lengthy spell at the top of the metaphorical crime fiction mountain. Ross MacDonald, real name Kenneth Miller, created the Archer character, known in the Paul Newman movies as Harper. And here we've got a grizzled private investigator, a guy that likes to drink, likes to smoke, chase women. What in the 1950s would have seemed like a quote-unquote man's man. And we transport that man's man to the fictional locale St. Teresa. Sorry, Santa Teresa, which was McDonald's stand-in for Santa Barbara. And it would be decades later that Sue Grafton, who we also talked about on that aforementioned episode concerning sprawl authors who would also set her alphabet series in Santa Teresa. In The Moving Target, Lou Archer finds himself attempting to track down a missing financial whale. Some less than scrupulous daughters enter the equation, and Archer finds himself plumbing the depths of the Southern California underworld. A riveting tale that has captivated audiences for going on 50 plus years now, The Moving Target kicked off a glorious crime fiction run that continues to the present day. Ross MacDonald perhaps isn't quite as famous as some of his literary counterparts, but he is more than deserving of a place near the tippy top of the heap when we discuss great crime fiction mystery writers. And it all started here. The first book in the Lou Archer series, The Moving Target. And number two, Devil in a Blue Dress by Walter Mosley. Mosley grew up in the Southland and draws upon the experiences from his upbringing to craft this narrative with as much realism and grit as humanly possible. This is the first in the Easy Rollins series, a ridiculously successful compilation of novels focusing on amateur private investigator Easy Rollins. The happenings on display here take place in Watts and other portions of the city, but it's Mosley's seemingly effortless ability to capture the plight and desires of residents from Watts 
that really take this novel to the next level. Some of you may have seen the film adaptation with Denzel Washington and Jennifer Beals. But again, I think we're noticing a trend. We've got some missing figures, some fast women, characters not on the up and up, a sordid collection of thieves, hooligans, and the elite. Mosley, who we also mentioned on our episode from quite a while ago concerning sprawl-based authors, has made a career of documenting the lives of marginalized communities in South Los Angeles. Easy Rollins, Mosley's most lauded creation, is a war veteran with a knack for putting complex concepts together. Rollins battles discrimination, doubt, and other elements to make a go at solving mysteries. Indeed, Mosley has proven to be one of the better mystery solvers working in contemporary crime fiction. His books breeze by. You never feel as though you're stuck in the mud. The action always flows. And there's no better example of that than the narrative contained within the pages of this first Easy Rollins mystery, Devil in a Blue Dress. Unequivocally, a must-read for any mystery reader out there today. And that means we've arrived at our number one slot. So, it simply has to be The Big Sleep by Raymond Chandler. Because of course it does. Raymond Chandler only wrote seven novels, but his legacy looms large and vast. A true underdog story, Chandler didn't even begin his work as a novelist until he reached his 40s. But what he gave to the world in the form of iconic private investigator Philip Marlowe will last for generations across the globe. Philip Marlowe, who we meet in this novel, has a tendency to find himself in some rather complicated scenarios. I remember reading a quote where Raymond Chandler said, hey, if I ever get to a point in the writing process where I can't really figure out where the next plot point should come from, I just go ahead and throw in some henchmen. And I find that interesting because Chandler, unlike many of his peers, is someone that made his bones on the back of writing that really gathered as much as possible from stuff like atmosphere, vibe, mood. The plot wasn't as central as Chandler saw it. So in this way, he invites comparison to the Coen brothers, who have famously mentioned that in all of their movies, they are going for atmosphere as opposed to plot. Philip Marlowe is an unforgettable private investigator. Maybe the best, the team here at Sprawl Enterprises actually argues that it is the best example of a character that can sustain an entire series of novels. See, there's this trend in literature that has the 25th book in the fill the blank series or the 50th book in the exploits of such and such person. Here, 
just because of the lateness in life when Chandler began his career, we've only got seven novels to draw upon. So he never got to the point in his career where the action became flabby and bloated. It's a tight seven, and it all starts with the web of deceit on display within the pages of The Big Sleep. Now, of course, this is one of the more famous mystery movies of all time, and Humphrey Bogart is involved, and you should absolutely watch that film, but don't sleep on the book. I hate making puns, and I did that without thinking about it. The Big Sleep, number one on our list of the quintessential mystery novels set within the bounds of Southern California. And that's going to do it for another episode of the show. We'd like to thank everyone from the bottom of our hearts for listening to the work that we put out. A couple of easy ways to support the podcast, hop on Apple, iTunes, or wherever you listen to the show. Leave us a five-star rating and a nice review. That stuff really helps us out on the business end. Follow us on Instagram. The handle is Living in the Sprawl Podcast. Write us an email. We always love to correspond with listeners. Living in the Sprawl Podcast at gmail.com is the address where you can send those. Additionally, we'd like to remind you about our dynamic, incredible website. And it's on this website where you can snap up Living in the Sprawl merchandise. If you can think of it and we can make it happen, which we can, Living in the Sprawl, our website, that's the place to order it up. So on behalf of myself, I am one half of the team, your humble correspondent and host. My name is John Steinberg, joined by my lovely and talented producer slash my wife. Her name is Lisa Steinberg. Thanking you again for listening to another episode of Living in the Sprawl, Southern California's most adventurous podcast. We'll chat again real soon.